Welcome back to A Better Love. I'm your host, Dr. Greg. I'm joined today by Sabrina Rose, yoga instructor here in the Venice Beach area. Excited to talk about self-love and yoga today with you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Cheers. Super exciting. You've been doing yoga for a while now, and I think it's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had was getting into a yoga practice myself, which started about a year ago. Where does your yoga journey start? Where, where does the story begin for you? My yoga journey started in 2017. I was doing a, um, I was in a grad program. So I was getting my PhD in psychology research. And I was initially just feeling like I was getting a little stiffer in my legs. So I was like, Oh, I want to get more flexible. But at the time, that program was very like, competitive and hostile. So I was just always so stressed. And I don't even think I realized how much anxiety I had. It just seemed like life is just like this. And okay. when I did my first yoga class sitting there in Shavasana afterward, I was laying there and I felt so much peace, like all the stress was gone. And I thought, what is this? Like, what is this magic? <laughs> and then after that, I just dove headfirst in and I was kind of like just all the yoga studios I could find in the little town of Greensboro, North Carolina. And like a year later, I was still in the PhD program. I was working on my dissertation and I was like, you know what? I want to do teacher training. So I was juggling dissertation and teacher training. And yeah, it was like just more and more of my energy kept going to yoga. And I just that's kind of my start into the journey. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So you I mean, so you pretty early on there. Uh, found the magic of yoga. Did you catch the sunset last night, Sabrina, here in, in Los Angeles? Actually, I was teaching a class. It was so funny. I was teaching yoga. And I told my students, we were like in this like forward folds, they were getting super meditative. And I said, guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, you have to go turn around. Everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> the most gorgeous sunset and a full rainbow. Uh, and I, I bring this up because last night I was at Yoga Nest Venice. And in Shavasana, when that beautiful rainbow appeared, and we got to see that. And, and so, you know, I don't know, I think yoga is pretty magical. So your yoga journey began in North Carolina, go North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you became an instructor. So tell me about that decision and, and tell us a little bit about your work right now. So when I first got into uh, yoga and I realized I wanted to do the teacher training, I loved being a student and I didn't really know if I would want to teach. Uh, to be honest, I really didn't think I would. I thought I love being a student. I want to be led. But once I finished the teacher training, um, I felt like, wow, I, I have something to share, you know. And then I realized that teaching is not necessarily about leading a class and coming up with a cool sequence, but it's about sharing your journey, you know, sharing that part of what it, what it means so much to you. Um, and yeah, my, my teacher training program was just so beautiful. Like I knew I would learn a lot about the asana and my teacher training was a lot focused on Ashtanga. So that's kind of where my roots are. And, um, but yeah, I didn't think it would be so, um, mentally, um, just transformative, you know, it was just, it was so beautiful. You connect so much with everybody and you break down walls. I mean, there was multiple times during the training that we were all in tears, like what is happening? <laughs> There's some, a special emotional connection. I imagine that folks who are going through that, that program experience 
because it's so intense. And so that's a big time investment. Yeah, it really is. Like mine, mine was pretty intensive. You can do ones that take like a year that are like weekend intensives, but mine was like a two month thing. So we were together with the people like 12 hour days. And yeah, it's really so much yoga, so much more than just the physical asana. You know, it's really about peeling back all the layers and so there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of sharing. I remember there was one time where we had to do eye gazing with somebody. We had to pair up and literally for just five minutes, you're just locking eyes with somebody. And it's just, it sounds like easy, but it was so hard. And people would literally just start to cry. And yeah, there was another time I remember one of the exercises we had to um, pair up with somebody and say to the person the things that we say to ourselves when we're like being critical and okay. paired up with this super nice girl. And I was in the grad program and I was feeling so like, I'm not doing enough. So I had to tell her like, you lazy, blah, blah, blah. So eye opening, just the vulnerability, I guess that goes into it. I know very little about yoga. That's why I'm so glad to have you on here. But the very little that I know are from amazing instructors such as yourself, yoga and Venice and elsewhere. It seems to me that yoga instructors are the instruments of change themselves, that the degree of vulnerability that they may be able to be comfortable with translates into how comfortable their students are feeling. I know yeah. I, know, I feel super safe when I'm practicing. Yeah, well, because it's really about as the teacher, you're really trying to create the container. And so you have to show up in a very balanced place and with something to share. So it's just so important that you're like filling your cup up because otherwise you're trying to pour from an empty cup. And so I always notice a huge difference. I always practice right before my class and try to think, okay, what am I working through? What do I have to share that I can impart. And I always try to like talk a little bit before my class, just give a little like philosophy, whatever I'm working through. And I always try to share very vulnerably. Because um, that's, that's usually where students will come up to me and say, wow, like, I'm so glad that you shared that because I'll get anxiety sometimes. So I'll kind of share about that. And they're, you know, it reminds me and it reminds them that like, we're all in this experience together and it's yes. so there's this compassionate element and yeah <laughs> we're all in it together yeah <laughs> and, we, and we teach from our own experiences many times as well for sure it, uh yoga i know in psychology that, that that's the case in terms of the work that i do right. so our this, this podcast and my project is about love and i'm curious we asked this of all our guests how does love come up in your work let's see love comes up in my work because i mean yoga when people are in their practice it's really about creating a safe space for people to explore and um so you really have to be filled up yourself you have to be in a very sattvic place um in order to like be a light you know if, if i'm caught up in something and i haven't practiced and i'm i'm mad and i got this energy then i'm not going to have created a safe space for people to explore and because you know it really is i think so so much just like um it's an energy exchange you know so if i'm if i'm feeling up and i feel balanced then i'm able to show that love and people can you know really feel safe to explore because it's a vulnerable experience i think sometimes and it definitely places. can be if you're practicing handstands uh, uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and falling a lot yeah exactly so love sabrina to you uh in your work is creating a safe space where people can be as vulnerable and as they need to be in their practice yeah that and also just i just i love doing what i'm doing i love sharing my practice and i just feel i feel very grateful that i get to make money and make a living doing all 
sharing something that I love. It's made such a profound impact on my life. So I think it really shows that I love what I'm doing because I get jazzed, I get excited. And, you know, when you get to see people have those little aha moments, we're like, oh my God, they just balanced on their arms for the first time. And you see that little like, you know, moment of joy. Because I think um, emotions like love and joy, they come from beyond the mind. You know, it's when the mind is quiet, that's when those emotions come to the surface. So love and joy are very related. So I get to be the conduit to help people unlock those experiences. <laughs> that's amazing. I've always found you to be very joyful. Uh, and actually, especially your content, I haven't taken one of your your yoga classes yet. Your content is super joyful and it really uh, caught, caught my attention for sure. Uh, so the topic of today's episode is self-love. And I'd love to hear from you about like when you think about being able to create healthy relationships in ever, your life, would you agree that you know, being able to have a foundation of self-love is is key to all that? Oh, yeah, it's huge. And I feel like especially with your yoga practice, like that's a huge form of self-love. And I always tell my students, it's, it's what differentiates our yoga classes from like a workout you do at the gym. Because, mm. you know, when you do something at the gym, you often have headphones on, you're kind of like listening to music, you're going through the motions. But yoga is very different because we're being very intentional about what we're doing. And we're doing it for self-love and self-care. And so, you know, every element of the yoga studio is designed to kind of bring you into this place where like we're leaving the other world behind and we're entering into this spiritual space. You know, that's why we take our shoes off when we go into the studio. And another thing that I really like is um, this is a Sanskrit word called bhavana. And it's where you are very intentional with um, doing something in your physical body in order to have this um, emotional experience. Mm. So um, like an example of bhavana in your practice is like when you take your hands to heart center, um, you're not just like, all right, I'm here. You're like, you're holding your inner light in your hands because you want to you want to separate your fingers a little because you're holding your inner light mm. so that's one way you can kind of bring that self-love and you know in your sun salutations when you're bowing down you're not just like flopping into a fold you're like thanking the sun you're thanking the world showing love so much i could say there's so, <laughs> there's so much that I'll yeah there is. no no there, there really is there's a lot of love in the practice and i mean i don't know do you perceive it as an individual practice even though you, we do it in community yeah i think it is it's your journey um and i think yoga is so interesting because it's like um a, it's an experiential practice you know it's they're they're giving us these things that we can do but yoga is really asking us to explore and peel back the deeper layers and to get to the deeper layers of yourself. So I think, yeah, it's so beautiful that we can do it in community. And I think people work harder. I work harder and I get more into it because there is that shared energy we're creating. But I think when it comes down to it, it's this journey to get to the deeper layer of yourself. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So I, I know that in part, I started practicing yoga because I was new to LA and I, I wanted to start to create community, but I also wanted to improve myself in some way, shape or form. What do you think? Uh, what kind of impact do you think a consistent practice might have on our individual self confidence and our, you know, our sense of ability to embark on a journey in LA, for instance? Oh, man, it's had such a profound impact. Like I always say, like every pose in yoga will like teach you a lesson. And especially when you get into these 
more challenging poses like handstand or arm balances like they do they make you feel energized and I always leave feeling more confident and stronger and yeah when you're doing something challenging um, especially when it's something you've had to work really hard at for a number of months uh, it makes you feel just strong and powerful and for me it reminds me that I'm capable of doing things that are hard and I think um, I think it makes all the mind stuff a little easier <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, I mean, and, and we're going to face a lot of hard things in our life. And but to be able to accomplish maybe a small goal, like stretching a little bit further down your leg or what I mean, because I, I imagine there's lots of different ways that people experience even that the idea of a goal, uh, yeah. but accomplishing it for sure, you're going to have a ton more confidence. I know I've, I've my confidence has gone up tremendously as I've gotten stronger and, and worked with some amazing yogis here in Venice Beach. How do you think about this idea of change and growth in general? Is that is there a measure there? Is it different for different people? Well, you know, it's um, it's really interesting because yoga is really asking us to shift our perspective from this mindset of the goal to the mindset of the process. And, um, you know, because if, you know, I think we're trained in life to always be reaching for these milestones, reaching for these goals. And we're taught once I have this goal, then I'll be happy. But yoga is asking us to really shift to this growth mindset. And because, you know, the thing is, I was actually talking about this in my class yesterday. It's like, we're never done. So if you're looking at it as like, once I get my forearm balance, then I'll have reached the goal. Then that's it. But it's like, once you have your forearm balance, then there's the hollow back forearm balance. And then there's the scorpion and then there's balancing on your hands. So we're really never done. And so it's just, it's really asking us to just continue to always be, always be growing. And do you have any advice for people like me who are very fixated on goals <laughs> <laughs> and have like objective measures? You know what I mean? I'm basically, I'm trying to do this handstand and it's like, okay, well, how long can I stay off the wall? You know what I mean? And that's where I'm at. But I totally dig and buy into and I'm invested in the idea of being present with the process too. I, I guess it's a, it probably can be challenging for, for some folks. I think it's okay to be into the goal, you know, as long as it's not, as long as it, you know, if you're too focused on the goal, then it can lead to some suffering. You know, for example, mm -hmm. if you're trying to get your handstand and you're so impatient to get it right away because you have to get the handstand and you know, I used to do that. I would try it like 20, 30 times. And then I would leave like, oh, frustrated and dejected. Yeah. But instead, it's like looking at it as, you know, it's a journey to handstand. Once I started thinking about it, instead of I got to get the goal, it's a whole entire journey. Because not only what will you learn, what will you unlock in your body along the way, like your core, mm. you'll learn alignment, you'll learn to tuck your tailbone, you'll learn how to find the, the grip in your hands. And so many things will unlock in your body along the way that you can't rush, but also the stuff that you learn in your mind. So if you could snap your fingers and get it, you miss all of it. You know, like handstand has taught me um, perseverance because I've fallen out a zillion times and I get back up. It's taught me that um, patience. <laughs> um, so there's just so many things. So I, I think switching the perspective to like, you can still be attached to the goal and work towards it. But having this sense of like, actually, there's this quote from Patabi Joyce, who's like a really, really famous, well-known yogi, um, like he's this huge lineage um, forever dating back. But he has this quote where he says, practice, 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 and all is coming. So all is coming. Yeah, I think I that kind of releases some of the, you know, because sometimes I think if you get too attached to the goal, it's almost like there's this 
grim determination to like, I gotta get the pose. <laughs> yeah. So. And it'll come eventually as it, as long as you consistently invest in it, I guess. That yeah. makes sense to me. I like it. I'm, buying, I'm, I'm into the quote. Yeah. There are a few things that uh, Marines enjoy more than challenging themselves physically. Sabrina, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but I, I served in the Marine Corps. So th this is a, a core value for me is, you know, really kind of challenging myself fitness wise. Mm -hmm. If somebody takes up yoga, and I don't know what the, I mean, what's the average frequency that people come to yoga, would you say? People, the folks are showing up to a studio. Um, I would say that the way to really catch some real consistent growth is no less than three times a week, like three okay. times minimum, three to five, five would be more optimal or six, <laughs> but okay. three is a good like minimum. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if somebody who's listening to this podcast right now is inspired to begin a yoga practice and they start practicing between, you know, starting at three days a week, let's say, how fit could they get and how quickly would you say? And how, how tasking can a yoga practice be? Or is it different based on the style? It depends on a little bit the style. If you're doing only like deep stretch yin classes, you're probably not going to get a lot of strength. You might get really open in your hips. But if you're doing like a flow class, um, a little more active with the high to low push-ups, the chaturangas, I would say within like three months, you'll you'll start to notice your whole body is different. I started working with this private lesson, a student last week, and he even just, we've met three times and he's already just noticing a difference in his shoulders because mm. he's so like rounded. And I told him, you're carrying that tension for probably years. And so he just said, even just after a few times, he's just noticed like a little bit different there. And, you know, so I told him, that's what I experienced too. Within like uh, two, three months, I started to feel like I have a different body. Um, more light, more springy. I was just more aware of my posture. And I would joke around after like a, a yoga class, it was really invigorating. If somebody would call my name, I almost felt like when I turn around, I would bounce and be like, yes, I would almost yeah. float. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. I love it. There's a levity there. Yoga is such a full body thing too. It's like, I think with a lot of uh, sports, when you get really, really far in, there's, um, they're, they're kind of asking for you to go out of balance to get really good. But yoga is really um, all about balance. You're bringing everything back. So, you know, every pose will kind of let you know, like, oh, once your legs get open in the pose and all of a sudden, oh, now it's my shoulders and your shoulders open up and oh, now it's my hips. So as you fine tune these poses, everything starts to just get more balanced and more aligned and yeah it's amazing okay all right and if there are athletes out there who are practicing uh, doing other sports whatever it is beach volleyball football whatever it is a yoga practice and cross training and a yoga practice probably would be a good deal very good cross training because like it's all about beneficial because it's bringing the body back to balance but it's also beneficial because yoga is asking you to listen to your body you know so for that hour and you're you're without distraction you're just literally tuned in you're not thinking about anything else and you know it lets you know like wow i'm tight here I had no idea I was even tight. When I first started yoga, I was flexible in my legs. My shoulders were so tight. And so I would try a certain pose. I would get a little cocky. Oh, wow. I'd see a pose on Instagram and I would try to do it. Oh, wow. My shoulders are tight. I had no idea. So on the way to get, especially like a peak pose, a peak pose is a pose that's more challenging where like okay. lots of your body parts have to be strong and open. So 
you'll end up unlocking so many things along the way to get there. And unlocking is the is the word of the episode. I'm really into it. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you, and I guess a part of what you're talking about is an attunement to yourself. I recently saw one of your reels on IG, and you were talking about movement being a really important element of health in our our life. Why why is this so important for us to be moving around and and have that attunement that you're talking about in terms of our bodies movement not only for the physical but for me i think when i talk about it on my instagram it's like gets me out of my head mm. uh, i've been on this journey especially the last couple of years to try to figure out my mind a little better and i've realized that one of my patterns is i tend to overthink and i tend to get way way in my head so i've learned when that happens i really just got to get into my body and that happened to me today actually i was okay. like really caught up about something and I was sitting on my mat right before I was going to practice closing my eyes and just kind of checking in where my mind was and, and I oh man and I just so needed the practice I mean I dove right in I was sweaty and it was it was one of those where like once the practice started everything in my mind went out and every now and then my mind would go wait a minute tee, 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 what about and I'm like no but because it was like I just yeah it was there's something about connecting with that physical place where yeah it really does just finally allow everything to get quiet and yeah I always tell my students too, like be patient with yourself because if you're really caught up about something for me the first 15 minutes of my practice I'm so not present and I'm still thinking and thinking and oh, oh, I'm I'm okay. I'm present. Okay. Now I'm not present, but for like 15 minutes, all that stuff finally gets quiet. And so that's for me where the movement is so powerful and also having that element of tapas in your practice. Like tapas is a Sanskrit word for fire. It means like, okay. just, it's that place where your mind says, stop. I don't like this. It's hard. And I, one of my teachers would always say like, that's where the yoga begins because that's where your mind starts to, you start to see your patterns and like um, I don't want to do this let me get out of this position right now this hurts or this is too hard or whatever yeah 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 because that's that's the thing about the yoga poses they're designed to put you into that place of discomfort so your patterns come to the surface so the emotions mm. will bubble to the surface and once that happens then we can look at the patterns, but we're looking at them from a distance because we're going, oh, what's that? What's coming up there? And then we can practice detaching and letting the stuff go. And, you know, when we do that on our mat, we're training ourselves. We can do that off of our mat. You know, when stuff comes to the surface, we get better about going, oh, OK, let's watch that emotion. It's living in me right now, but it'll go out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's there's a, a level of awareness of kind of everything that's going on for us that can improve in the practice it sounds like Th definitely something i need everything you just mentioned about you know i'm an intellectualizer so i'm, I'm, I'm up here so often that's <laughs> yeah, why I, oh my god it's like <laughs> shut off <laughs> shut off the brain so i'm a psychologist i'm working with lots of clients and many of them have experienced really hard things like trauma i mean that could be combat it could be sexual trauma what's is is i i think there's this trauma-informed yoga philosophy or thinking what do you know about that? And what, what can folks who may be listening to this episode right now who have gone through hard things, what can they gain from doing yoga, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a huge thing because the thing is the mind and the body are connected. You know, they're not two separate things. They're on a continuum. And when we experience trauma in life, we store that stuff in our body. We store it in our hips, especially. So, you know, if you, I, I had students, they'll come to class and we'll be sitting in pigeon pose, like a hip opener for five, six minutes. And, 
you know, it's the, the, I always tell my students, the work in these practices is to look at what comes up. And a lot of times you'll strong emotions will come to the surface. You'll, for me, I'll get caught in arguments that I had like a year ago and I start feeling so upset and emotional. And that's because that stuff got stored in my body. But that's the cleansing of the practice is to observe the stuff that's coming up with curiosity. Don't get caught in it and start reliving it, but go, oh, wow, okay, this is this is the stuff I need to process. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal. I mean, and I, and I think there's a huge emphasis that's been made uh, around the somatic work, you know, when it comes to any of the you know psychological experiences, trauma specifically. And I'd love to continue to learn more about it uh, for sure. But anybody, yeah, if you've been through hard stuff, like the things I'm mentioning right now, do some yoga. I think it's it's going to benefit you tremendously. Well, I think also, too, just like having that space where for that hour or 90 minutes or whatever your practice is, you are not involved with your thoughts. You know, you're you're watching your thoughts as they come. So I think that helps a lot just to get that distance that you need sometimes, because if there's some trauma and there's some real emotion moving through you. I think it's so helpful to like have that space and start to realize like maybe what happened to you isn't you, the thoughts surrounding it, you know, so getting that distance to um, kind of realize um, that it's not you is is just powerful. Wise words, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing me here. <laughs> uh, Th thank you so much for all of the beautiful wisdom that you've shared with our audience today. If anybody wants to connect with you, how can people learn more about what you're up to? Well, I am um, connected with Yoga Nest, um, subbing there sometimes. But most of my classes I teach are at um, a studio in West Hollywood called Shiva Yoga. And um, people could find me on Instagram, Sabrina Rose underscore yoga. I'm actually too in the process of ramping up a podcast for myself. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, my podcast will is focusing on like uh, self-love, growth, well-being, because I have my background in psychology as well. I actually was kind of far into a PhD program. So I, yeah, so exploring lots of psychology topics. So yeah. well, we're excited for your podcast to come out and we're excited for folks to be able to connect with you here in Los Angeles. And I'm so grateful for you to be on the show today. Thanks so much again for, for coming on. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's a wrap for us today. If you're not already connected with us on Instagram at A Better Love Project, go do that and definitely go check out Sabrina Rose underscore yoga. Until next time, love each other fiercely and peace.